to figure out how to work less and profit more. What were some of the first shifts that you made in your work life? Um, so the first thing, which is what I do with my clients, really, is what is it you want from your business? You're listening to Entrepreneur Journeys, where I share insights and strategies based on owning and managing businesses while traveling and living on three continents. I also interview business owners about their journey, what they learned along the way, and how that can help you with your business growth. For more resources to accelerate your entrepreneur journey, head over to gapologist.com, where I share resources, events, community, and more. I'm your host, Joe Matz. Let's get started. Hello, hello, everyone. It's great to see you here. And we are now starting the podcast. Once again, we do this weekly, Entrepreneur Journeys. Today, I have a special guest with us. She is the owner of Work Less, Profit More. She also has a podcast named Work Less, Profit More. And she is the co-host of the Grand Podcasters, which is where we met. It's a subgroup of the Grand Connection. And we started the Grand Podcasters. And it is a great group and a great thing to participate in. So help me welcoming Diana Lidstone to the podcast. Thanks so much, Joe. It's great to be here. And yeah, uh, Grand Podcasters has been a great uh, a great connection point for you and I and so many other people. Yes, so true. So true. And Diana, where do you hail from today? I'm in Ontario, Canada, in what they call the Thousand Islands area of Ontario. So if I'm actually looking out my office window, I see the St. Lawrence River and all the multiple thousand islands. Okay, now I'm totally jealous. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so have you always been at that location in the Thousand Islands? No, actually, uh, we moved here about eight years ago uh, from Quebec. Um, our children had grown and kind of left and uh, we had been boaters for many, many years. And we had boated up in this region on big motorboat that we had. And uh, we said, well, if we ever wanted to move somewhere, we would move where the boating was great. And so we took the opportunity to put our house on the market. It sold in three days. And all of a sudden we were homeless and we had to find a house. Uh, but luckily enough, we found this great location here in the Thousand Islands. Fantastic. Living the dream. Yep, exactly. So, exactly. and also with your own business, but we want to know, and when I say we, I mean our listeners with mm -hmm. us here today. Was there any indication when you were in high school or middle school or that you would have your own business? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no, I guess to be truthful, I'm not one of those people who, you know, started selling things at an early age or anything like that. In fact, my youth was spent uh, teaching horseback riding and um, competing at equestrian events and that sort of thing. So there was no entrepreneurial and even in our family my dad was somebody who tried multiple, multiple times to start his own business and 
unfortunately failed every single time. And um, so I didn't learn any entrepreneurial skills there. Oh, wow. So when you did you go to college? I went to university. Yep. Met okay. My husband at university. Um, graduated with a uh, bachelor's in what they now call, uh, I think they call it environmental studies or something. It used to be called geography way back then. Okay. Oh, and, I, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, graduated with that, went off and uh, became an executive secretary for many years. Uh, and then after my son was born, decided that oh, this getting up in the middle of the night, because it felt like the middle of the night, um, taking your kid, dropping them off at daycare, going to work, coming home late, putting the kids to bed, whatever. To me, that just wasn't a life. Hmm. And uh, so in the mid 80s is when I started my very first business as a result of that. And that was when now most of your listeners probably won't remember, but Apple or IBM came out with its first home computer and it weighed like, I don't know, 50 pounds and a printer <laughs> was 50 pounds. And yeah. So I started my first business, which was back then we called it typing, but it was really on uh, a word processing software kind of thing. And that was my very first business. So people would actually drop off physical papers for me to type or documents, and uh, then I would type them up. You were a digitizer. Okay, I say, <laughs> I call it kind of like being the first virtual assistant, but I wasn't so virtual. <laughs> yeah, so you would take these, you would take these analog documents and yeah. type them into the computer. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was about all those computers could do at that time, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. We had uh, two, my computer had two floppy disks. And, you know, our phones today have much more. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Power than that computer ever thought of having. Yes. Yeah. So my first computer was a Tandy computer. Tandy oh, yeah. is a brand from Radio Shack. And right. it had two floppy disks, but Diana, it had the tiny disks, not the big floppy ones, the the one oh. and a quarter floppy yeah. disks. Those Yeah, I had the three and something and then then we went to the smaller ones. The smaller ones with the hard plastic yeah. on, on the outside. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It'll be interesting to to see if you get any responses from listeners about, oh, I remember those, or what are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a it was a portable computer. It was fourteen pounds. Yeah, and I had a portable printer with it. Ooh. So my my whole setup was probably about twenty three pounds, and I ended up selling it to a guy who was going to take a train ride across Russia, and he needed something to take notes on. Wow. And at that time, that was about the best you could get. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I remember at that, well, just before that, my husband was working for a company and they got their first computer, which was the size of a room, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. A hermetically sealed room, probably. with. Uh, no, they'd moved past that. Oh. But still, it had to have special pads on the floor, I remember. Okay. So, yeah, we've yeah. come a long way. Yeah. 
Exactly. So, so after you were you you were a digitizer. Yeah. So what happened? How'd that go? And how'd that go? And what did that lead to? Um. Well. It was great, actually. It led to a number of things. Um, I had a very successful business. Um, and then my husband got transferred. So we were living in Montreal. He got transferred to the Maritimes, um, which is Nova Scotia. And I was pregnant and I, with my daughter and I started up my business again. And this time it expanded even more so. Um, and I hired uh, somebody to work with me. Uh, and then a few years later, my husband got transferred again, <laughs> this time back to Montreal. <laughs> and so we decided at that time, I went, you know, I'm not going to start this business again. I wanted to do something different. Hmm. And we had had friends that were in retail. They had a retail store. And I went, well, we don't want to do retail because... You know, we know that retail's 24-7, right? Long story short, we bought a building and I opened a retail store. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when I look back, retail taught me so much. Huh. It taught me uh, about inventory, profit, loss, hiring staff, um, knowing, you know, to stay in my zone of genius, uh, hiring people for their strengths. It taught me so much in those 12 years that we had that store. So I don't regret it at all. Um, my kids kind of look back at it. And I remember them saying at the time, well, we're never going to start our own businesses because it takes too much work. Mm. Uh, however, today they're looking at it now that they're in their mid thirties, mid to late thirties, they're going, Hmm, maybe that's what we should be doing. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes. Well, super. So now you've got now. What is, what is the actual name of your business? It's just Diana Lidstone. It's my name, and that's it. Um, that's also my website. Um, interesting transition from retail to coaching. So, yes. what happened was we sold the business. The retail mar the retail landscape was really changing, and we sold the building, sold the business. And I was going to a networking event and met um, a friend of mine who was also uh, a customer of mine at the store. And she had had a big multi-million dollar clothing business where they manufactured clothing. In Montreal, that was quite common. And they had closed their business. And so we were both at sort of you know, didn't know what we were going to do. And we had coffee after the networking event. And she says very bluntly to me, well, Diana, you, you know, you've had businesses, you've started businesses, you've grown businesses. Why don't you teach other people how to do it? There's so many people struggling. And I kind of scratched my head and I looked at her and I said, you mean people would pay me for that? <laughs> because I had no idea yeah. it was such a thing as a coaching business out there. And, um, you know, I do tell the story that when I started, my first client paid me $300 a month for private coaching because I didn't really know what I was doing or what a successful coaching business looked like um, until I got my own coach and then uh, learned 
Mm, I had a few things to learn. Uh -huh. I knew the technical parts of, you know, how to help people grow a successful business. I just didn't know the business side of coaching. And there is definitely a business side of coaching. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, when I first heard about coaching, somebody said, Joe, you've you've had so many businesses. You've done so much. Why don't you be a coach? And there I you said, go. and I said, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Similar to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's that's how it started. So work less, profit more is more of a tagline that you use. Is that correct? It is. It is. And really, it, it has evolved. Like most of our businesses, we all evolve, right? We go through different stages. And um, I guess it was three years ago now, my husband retired full time. He had been a work at home consultant since, oh, for 20 years. And um, he retired. And when he was getting ready to retire, he kept saying to me, well, Diana, are you going to retire with me? And I kind of went, I don't want to. I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. But I did realize that he wanted me to spend more time with him, but I wanted to make the same amount of money. And so this whole shift into work less, profit more came about for me personally. And then I realized there's so many entrepreneurs out there who are working way too hard for way too little money, and they want to have this, a similar shift. And uh, so that's where that was born from so this was all part of your personal journey to figure out how to work less and profit more what were some of the first shifts that you made in your work life um so the first thing which is what i do with my clients really is what is it you want from your business mm. what do you what do you want it to generate? What do you want your life to look like? So it's called a vision. Yeah. And people go, oh, yeah, but oh, I know my vision. And they say, my vision is to make, you know, X dollars of money or get paid this. And I go, no, no. Would you like to get in front of more of your ideal clients and at the same time build your brand and create evergreen content? Well, you can do that with podcast guesting. This very moment, you're listening to a podcast that may have been published today or three weeks ago or three years ago. In a very real sense, you're engaging with the speakers, hopefully enjoying yourself and learning something new at the same time. And you're getting to know the guests and how they help their clients, their customers, and the problems that they solve. You may even be their ideal client and want to learn more about them and download one of their free resources you can find in the show notes or maybe even become a client of theirs. See, when you're a guest on a podcast, you will enjoy that same kind of engagement. It is perhaps the easiest, most cost-effective way to get in front of new audiences. Learn how you can be a guest on the right podcast and engage with your ideal clients with the free resources available at gapologist.com. We're going to really dive deep into this. And so for me, my vision is to, you know, work three days a week from 10 until maybe three o'clock. I have a large lunch break in the middle. Um, eight weeks vacation where I travel. 
And one of the things that I had to do was look at my business and say, so which of my, and I'll call them products or services, was the most profitable? And for me, I realized I've spent way too much time working on launching and designing and putting people into my group programs for such little amount of money that I was much better off to focus on my private coaching. And that's what I did. So I analyzed my business and I went, okay, I had to let go of the group coaching. And I felt uh, a combination of things. I felt guilty. You know, I've built up all these things. I've got all this knowledge. Uh, how can I let these people down? I felt a little shame. I mm. felt lots of things. But I knew that for me, for what I wanted at my stage of my life, and what I wanted for my business, it was the best thing. Right. And so I said, okay, you know, you tell the universe, I want more private clients. And I this specified, I was looking for lawyers, accountants, financial advisors, small people who owned small firms. And mm -hmm. I was really specific about it. Um, and sometimes it's really funny when you tell the universe what you want, it appears. It appears. And within, yes. within three months, I had an, an account. I already had a lawyer. I had then I got an accountant, and then I got a financial advisor. Um, I have a, a new uh, client coming on board who is the owner of a small digital agency. Um, and somebody else in the real estate investing. Uh, space. So, you know, they have small teams. They're looking to scale their business. They're looking to work less, profit more. Right. Right. Super. So, you know, I was thinking when, when you gave up or, or you shifted or you pivoted from yeah. your group yeah. coaching to private coaching, yeah. I, I would think once you made that decision, once you realize that's where you needed to go, the effectiveness of your group coaching, if you were doing something that you didn't feel was was taking you where you wanted to go, I get the feeling you there'd be a little drop in enthusiasm, if you will, a little a little bit um, going there. Saying, oh, I'm doing this, but uh, it's not where I'm going. Did you get any of that kind of feeling? No, I don't think so i i mean i felt relief more than anything because truthfully i wasn't getting into my group coaching the types of clients i loved working with so it was a chore mm. working with them and so when i made the decision i still had a group coaching program going on and i went okay this is my last one and i went oh that feels good oh okay now i will share that I did, I think I probably went for a year or maybe more without a group program. Then I created a very specific new group program that I launch when I feel like I'm ready to launch it. Hmm. It's a small, it's a hybrid, um, and it's a, a program that... Um, you know, I'm really enthusiastic about, I'm really passionate about. So 
but I, it's not something that's ongoing. It's just something that when I have enough people, I go, okay, it's open now. So would you say that the first, the group coaching experience that you had let go of, and was that a learning, um, a, a learning, a sandbox for you? And, and you've, you've taken that oh, learning? For sure. For sure. I think every, every step we take forward in our businesses, I mean, for me, it's always a learning. Hmm. You know, there's always some opportunity there to turn it into positive. I'm always a positive person. I'm not a, a negative. I don't go, oh, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Um, what did I learn from it and what can I take forward? So it's it's even when, you know, I was talking to one of my clients the other day and um, she's just hired a new team member team members just into her third month and she says, oh, Diana, I feel like it's not working. And okay, okay, so it's not working. But what can you learn from it? Hmm. And she went, oh, I never thought of it that way. And I said, well, do you have to be more specific in the team member that you're going to hire? What credentials or what aptitudes or what uh expertise did this person that you hire not have what was she missing that you really need and so we identified that and she goes oh now i get it hmm. yeah good questions i mean we're all on our own individual journey and on that journey I, well i was watching the tour de france today and, okay and they came around a corner and they're going very high speed and they come around this very sharp corner and let's say this is their journey 100 mm -hmm. miles 160 kilometers or so, and they come around the corner. They don't know what's around the corner, but they've been around lots of corners in their lives, <laughs> training for this race. Um, and they ran, they, there was a car that was stopped in the middle of one of the race cars, was stopped in the middle of the road. The leader lost 10 seconds. That's big. 10 seconds is big, but well, it didn't stop them. No, I was going to say, you know, I would think, oh, my God, he crashed or something. Yeah. Well, 10, yeah, 10 seconds, not as big as a crash, but 10 seconds when, when you're the leader. Um, sometimes that race that ex that goes for weeks and thousands mm -hmm. of miles is decided by 10 seconds. Sure. And it was his experience and his knowledge and... He didn't crash, and the fellow with him didn't crash. But they they went around. I thought the I thought the crowd was going to knock him down because he was so close. It was such a such a thread the needle kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know what I got on that because you know oh, experience. But I think it's our you know it is our experiences, and you know I've been an entrepreneur for more than forty years. There's not much that you can throw at me that I haven't seen before, right? And I'm sure it's <laughs> yeah. the same with you. Right. You've sure. had so many different businesses that, yeah, you draw from your experience and uh, are able to help other people with that experience. Yes. Yes. And I, I had a client just recently and they said, I've got this new customer and I, I it looks like this other customer and it, it that did not go well. And I don't think this is going to go well. Uh oh. So, well, you got you got a couple choices. Learn from your past and make adjustments so it goes well, or fire them. Yeah. 
because you don't want to be in that situation again, do you? And they, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, yeah, they know they know the answer. Right. <laughs> right. That's yeah. right. Right. They know the answer. It's just uh, sometimes I think what a coach can do is is offer a different perspective and and maybe help the client um, access knowledge that they have but it's kind of behind a cloud it's behind that curve yeah and i think you know like your client knew the answer really and it's like the, my client knew the answer she says well i have this feeling maybe it's not and i go and she goes at the end of the call she said you know you know this conversation that we had around this really confirmed yes i have to let her go right sometimes it's a confirmation you yeah. know one thing, and I and I know the, the the type of folks that you work with and the type of folks that I work with, they're in business for themselves and often feel like they're in business by themselves. Exactly. They yeah. can't talk to their partner, perhaps, because maybe their partner has a has a traditional job. They can't talk about this with their clients. No. Who are they going to talk to? And that's yeah. that's one of the prime roles, I think, of 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 coaching. Yeah, for sure. I, I certainly believe that. I know um, the lawyer client that I have, she's been with me now, I would say almost four years. Well, why does she stay? I mean, her business has exploded. She's hired more people, but why does she stay? Because there's value in that I need somebody to brainstorm with. I need somebody to confirm. I need somebody to keep me on the right track so that I'm not a squirrel going off doing all kinds of things I shouldn't be doing. Um, or there's, you know, there's somebody to help me. What is the next skill or the next level I need to accomplish in my business? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it's you think also, and, and I always think about climbing mountains, you know, the guide has been there before. The guide mm -hmm. has been to the top of the mountain, has 360 degrees of view, that if yeah. you're climbing, involved in climbing that mountain, you don't have that perspective. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's very important. Sometimes the, sometimes the only thing I can offer is questions and digging deep into what's really going on. Let's get perspective on this. Yeah. And the perspective, you can't get the perspective if you're the ingredients in the jar. You can't read the ingredients on the label. I like that. I've never heard that before. Yeah. There we are. <laughs> That's great. Great. So, Diana, we have come to the point of this conversation to, to get into what I like to call the lightning round. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. How has your entrepreneurial journey transformed you? I had to think about this one because, you know, my journey is a little, a little longer. But I think the big thing is it's a personal development journey is what, how I look at it. And I am much more confident in who I am as opposed to who I thought I should be. Oh. So let me explain that. Please. Uh, yeah. So I, um, 
a couple of years ago, I had a new brand photo shoot. Okay. So a photo shoot for my brand, I was redoing my website, whatever. And I had this thought that, you know, I am really at heart, a simple country girl. And I went, okay, then my brand needs to be out in the country. I wear jeans. I wear jeans with holes in them. I like going barefoot. And so I talked with the photographer and she went, perfect. That is you. That is your brand. So she did the photo shoot. And when I got my pictures, I did a uh, comparison, sort of a before and after. And I took the first brand photo that I had and my last brand photo that I had. And the first one was you know, a navy blazer with a white collar. I thought I needed to project this image. That was being professional and that would get me more clients. No, <laughs> I am who I am. This is me. If you don't like it, too bad, so sad. And I know that that's what my entrepreneurial journey has taught me. Just be who I am and be more of who I am. Perfect. Yeah, I, I went through the same thing, Diane. I I wore a suit for my first 16 years in business. I wore a suit every day. Somebody yeah. once told me, you need to dress like a banker. And there that we, was, yeah. that was when bankers sure. wore suits and ties. And, yeah. and I, I always had a white shirt, but I had a great tie collection. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Um, awesome. I don't do suits anymore. No, no, no. no. That's not who you are anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> what most surprised you as a business owner? What most surprised me, I think it was the growth as a person. Um, and that I didn't have to be. I didn't have to have an MBA. I didn't have to have a business degree. I didn't have to, some of your people are listening, probably go, <gasps> didn't have to have a coaching certification. I didn't have to have a bunch of letters after my name. The experience that I had had from owning my own businesses taught me what I needed to know and what I needed to impart to others to help them grow their businesses. Hmm. And I, you know, this goes against all contradiction, but we hear so often you need to hire the coach that takes you, that has been to the level where you want to go. So if you want to go to the million dollar, you have to hire a coach that's been to the million dollars. Well, I'm going to say to that. Uh, you're going you're gonna to get in trouble here. <laughs> I know, I know. And the reason being is I have worked with, multi-million dollar businesses and help them grow 70%. I've saved them hundreds of thousands of dollars. I didn't have to be at the $10 million mark hmm. to work with a $10 million company. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. There we are. So we got that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What unexpected challenge have you had to overcome? Ooh, unexpected is mindset. Mindset. Mm -hmm. Because I, I know you as a very positive, forward-looking person today. Yes, but how many of us secretly have this self-doubt, unworthiness, um, I can't 
I can't ever charge that amount because I'm not worth it, et cetera, et cetera. The blah, 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 blah <laughs> that goes on in the background. And that was unexpected. And it also showed up, I mean, it's shown up multiple times, but I remember early on when I was developing my coaching business, somebody said to me, um, you know, Diana, you know, what, what do you see yourself building? And I went, well, you know, I don't really know. Um, I was probably in my late fifties at the time. And as that conversation went on, I realized that I equated success with working long, hard hours. Hmm. And that's not true. Right. Right. Yeah. Entrepreneurs who earn 10 times more don't work 10 times harder. And that was so ingrained in me that success meant working long, hard hours that I didn't want success. And oh, so, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was a challenge. Uh, of course. And how, how did that mindset of yours shift? I've done a lot of mindset work. I've worked with mindset coaches. Um, and I think it all starts with becoming aware of what's holding you back. Hmm. And becoming aware is the first step. Yes. And if you, you know, if, if someone says to you that, oh, I don't have any mindset issues, I go ding, 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 red flag. <laughs> <laughs> You're not aware of what it is. Not aware. And so yeah. Yes. Well, I think it was my my older sister. She's older by one year, and, and we, oh. we we talk a bit, you know, just like brothers and sisters do. And we decided one day we all have issues. We all have issues. And if someone says they don't have any issues, that's their issue. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What book has made a big impact on you, and who would you recommend that to? You know, I just before this podcast episode, I was going through the lightning round questions and I went, oh, what book? Well, I'm I'm a reader, so I read books after books after books. And I'm currently, you know, into traction and EOS. They're great books. Hmm. But the book that I have recommended most is a book called Playing Big by Tara Moyer. And it is for women. And it's called Playing Big, Find Your Voice, Your Mission, and Your Message. And it's all about the inner critic. Mm. I and love the title. I, I love the yeah. subtitle. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I have recommended this book over and over and over again, especially to women. Um, I've worked with tons of women. I do work with men. Um, in fact, I think I'm just about to that equilibrium men and women is about to shift over to the, the male side, but uh, that's all good. But I think for a lot of women, we doubt our worthiness and we doubt our, uh, our capabilities. And I think it's a great book to um, help us overcome that. Yeah. Sounds great. Okay. What advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs in your industry? Invest in yourself. And how might one do that? One might hire another coach. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I have 
it's rare to find me without a coach. Hmm. So, you know, in the beginning, I hired coaches because I didn't know what a coaching, successful coaching business looked like. I've hired mindset coaches. I've hired speaking coaches. Uh, earlier this year, I hired a podcasting coach. You know, I've usually got some type of coach to help me move my business forward. I'm not, yeah, I don't know everything. So why not hire the expert who can help you and give you those tips? Perfect. I bet that saves in the long run. That saves a lot of money and a lot of time. Yeah, it yeah. certainly does. Amazing. Certainly does. So for our listeners today, what do you have any gifts or how could they get to know more about you, what you do, and if you might be able to help them? Yeah. Um, so there's my website, dianalidstone.com. And on my website is my podcast, which is Work Less, Profit More. But there's also a tab that says gifts. And there's a number of gifts there. And they can download whichever ones or one speaks to them, particularly for their stage of business. Where are you in your business? You know, if you're just kind of starting out, um, you can get download a PDF of my book, which was called Shift into Rich, Navigate the Nine Roadblocks to Small Business Success. If you're further along in your journey, maybe the podcast is where you can be listening. So it depends where you are in your entrepreneurial journey. Okay. And we'll have those links in the show notes. Perfect. Very Thank good. You. Diane, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for your time and knowledge Thanks. and wisdom and sharing with myself and our audience. Thank you, Joe. It's been great to uh, to be here and to share with your listeners. And as always, it's great to, uh, you know, be one of the co-facilitators in that uh, in that podcast. Yeah. So we'll have yeah. links to the grand podcasters in the show notes also. Yes. Perfect. And the grand connection, of course. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you, Diane. Have a great day. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Journeys. Remember to subscribe so you catch all the episodes and check out the show notes for any free giveaways or gifts that were mentioned during this show. Entrepreneur Journeys is brought to you by Apexable, providing the insights, tools, and transformative structures to help you reach your business summit. I'm your show host, Joe Matz, and until next time, I hope your journey is filled with breathtaking views and successful outcomes.